We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the November 21st episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Derek Van Riper and I are going to preview all the week 12 games. As you uh, probably are noticing, we are a day early this week. We normally do Thursday, but you know, it's Thanksgiving, so we're not going to do a show on Thursday. So we're going to preview the games on Wednesday. But we need to talk about Derek's latest entry at Rotowire which is somewhat about football, but it's got pies and beer and side dishes. So, so is it, this is an annual thing for you, right? Yeah, I've done this for 10 years now, which is, I can't think of many things I've done for 10 years. So this is, it's, on, it's on the short list of actual rituals that I have. Right. Okay, so we've got, I'm going to go through your list. So, so first, you're going to want to check this out. I won't go through the football part of it, because basically what it is, is Derek telling you how you can sort of set up a, a Thanksgiving fantasy football game with your um, with people you're sharing dinner with, or maybe people online or whatever? Sort of like a you know a, a one day self contained game between you and, and a handful of friends that you can have a lot of fun with. He ranks players, things like that. It's 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 valuable stuff and fun if you're sitting down and watching football and trying to think of a way to make it more fun. And as we know, fantasy sports always makes things more fun. 
However, let's get to the rest of it. Side dish rankings. I gotta say, I, I can't argue with this. I see six, six of them. Stuffing, mac and cheese two, mashed potatoes three, Brussels sprouts four, green bean casserole five, sweet potato casserole six. Um, and I agree with you, cranberry sauce is not a side. It's more of a condiment. Yeah, it's delicious. Like, it, it belongs on the table, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Do people eat it like jello in some places? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think maybe I'm lucky that the the times I go to my, my wife's family's house, they, they, they don't have cranberry sauce at my parents' house. They just don't believe in it, I guess. But at her family's side, they have cranberry sauce. And it's it's not like the jelly dumped out of a can yeah. gelatin sort of texture. It is more like a, I don't know, like, like a, actual like berries, a ch- like a chutney with real berries in it or something. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's delicious and it it just goes right over the turkey perfectly. Like I, I would I would not I would not take a uh, a wedge of my plate, a chinette wedge, I guess it would be, and and fill it up with sauce and just eat the sauce plain. I, I want it on the meat. Yep. Yeah, I guess I agree. It's it's good, but it's more condiment than side dish. So. Um, yeah, I had a, uh, la- last year we did Brussels sprouts for Christmas and there was not a revolt, but I literally got, you know, noses turned up at the idea of Brussels sprouts, which to which my wife and I said, fine, we'll eat them all. Forget you. <laughs> and it, it was funny. And it was my in-laws who I love. Right. But you know, my mother-in-law and my two sisters-in-law, and they kind of looked in there like Brussels sprouts. And I'm going, all of them, like my, if my kids did that at your house, <laughs> <laughs> do what you were serving <laughs> there'd be hell to pay and you're you know 49 years old did uh did you roast them and then put in some like chopped up bacon or something what'd you, yeah, what'd you I, do i think it was a there was some bacon and there was some might have been some soy sauce and you know it was and they were roasted because roasted vegetables are awesome so, yeah yeah um but anyway, yeah, totally into the Brussels sprouts. So I like this list. I have no complaints. And we have a stu- the stuffing recipe here. Actually, one interesting side. Did I remember you saying, is your wife's family Italian? Very Italian. Okay. Is there any pasta with red sauce on the Thanksgiving table? Yes, it's, re- it's before you even get to the turkey. It's like the first thing in the buffet line at their house. At buffet line? How many people? I think at least 40 every love year. It. I love it. That's great. Okay, so when I – what reminded me of this, my, my mother's family – I'm half Italian. My mother's family is Italian. And as a kid growing up, every, every holiday meal, there was some sort of pasta. I mean, that's just part of it's, – it's, it's a staple. Everything else, you know, turkey comes and goes because it's Thanksgiving. Pasta is a staple. And when I moved to Colorado and I had sort of a friend's Thanksgiving thing one year, and there were 10 of us. And I brought out lasagna. I had nine people looking at me like I had three heads. Yeah, no, that that is it is not understood outside of Italian families. I didn't get it uh, the first time I was there, and my father in law, the very first time he went to Thanksgiving there, his family's not Italian. Uh, he thought that was the meal, so he ate the spaghetti <laughs> like it was dinner. And then when the turkey was out, he was kind of confused. He was like, "Oh." Like th- this is okay. So this is like normal Thanksgiving with a thing added. So he got he got burned the first year, yeah. like in 1978 or whenever that was. And he, and he probably he had had to unbutton his pants like Al Bundy. So yeah, right. And that that was probably an uncomfortable Thanksgiving day for for Steve. <laughs> like he <laughs> okay. Let's get to the pies here. Apple, eh, all right. Apple's basic. You know what? I don't want anyone to 
attack me for not having a traditional pie at the top of the list. Like I, I, I like apple pie a lot, and when it's done well, it's it's really good. All right. But number two on my list is actually number one in my heart, which I've never heard of. Yeah, so it's uh, it's blackberry sour cream, or you can call it sour cream blackberry, I guess. And here's here's my pie story. I live near a place. It's called the Norsky Nook, and you can order their pies online if you want to. I don't know if the selection is limited, but I think they rotate at least 50 different kinds of pie. And the original one is up north. It's kind of on the way to Minneapolis from Madison or Milwaukee, right off 94, in this little town called Osseo. So the, the blackberry sour cream... It's it's almost like a custardy sort of filling, but of course it has real berries in it. So it just has like that that smooth texture, good fresh berries, whipped cream over the top, nice really thin basic pie crust, and it's just it's amazing. It is I I I saw it on the menu one day when I walked in. I was like, really? Like that sounds awful. And and the the girl behind the counter was like, no, you really should try that. And it is it is it has become my favorite pie. It's the pie we are bringing to contribute to Italian Thanksgiving tomorrow, um, and I highly recommend it. If there's any way you can order it, or if you happen, if if life brings you through Wisconsin, you should at least try a slice of blackberry sour cream pie from Norsky Nook. Norsky Nook. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I have to find out. My, I told you before, my brother-in-law's in Milwaukee, so I have to investigate this. Yeah, so this is like a, I mean, a day a day trip for him. He could, he could. He could make this happen for you. Okay. Uh, there's other variations too. If you don't like blackberries, they do an apple blueberry one. They do a raisin one that which has like a. It kind of looks like a volcano of whipped cream. You know, like a like a kid's paper mache volcano. It has like a very high conical topper on it, which then is of course uh, hit up with a little torch. Get that nice mm. little brown look to it. Yep. They they uh they're they're doing some amazing things with pies over there. All right. So the rest, let's see. Pecan. Yeah, we're, I'm, I've got a really good pecan recipe that that we make all the time. And I just basically after I, th- this was sort of you find this recipe and you go, all right, I'm I'm done for good. I don't I don't need to research anymore. So yeah, yeah, you, you just solve it eventually. And yeah. I think once you get past like four on my list, like people are mad. Like, why is a cherry higher? Like, because all too often, John, people don't use real cherries in a cherry pie. They use the the yep. jar or the can filling. And I just think I've just had too many. Four ninety nine at the grocery store, crappy cherry pies over the years, where my experience has been too negative. If someone makes a great cherry pie with like fresh Door County, in my case, cherries, I would love it. It would taste amazing. But I just, yeah. I think cherry pie gets a bad rap because it's entry level pie at the grocery store. All right, and you have pumpkin at tenth, with which will rile up some people. But I think pumpkin and bacon have just been so overdone the last few years that I'm sort of tired of them. Yeah. I, I never liked pumpkin pie for some of the same reasons. I don't like cherry pie, Like I, I think done really well. It could be good. The texture seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. I don't Something's just not right with it. It's missing something. All right. All right. And your beer list. So you got, this is uh this is not for your Coors Light fan. No, at all. There's some. There's a stout. There's two stouts that I see on your beer list of six beers. What's your? Uh, what, what you want? Pick one out of you. You want your number one on the list, but it's local for you, right? Yeah, I don't think it's M43. It's a New England IPA made in Michigan, of all places. Um, I don't think they distribute outside of Michigan or at least the Midwest. So you're probably not going to find that. 
The second beer is a West Coast beer, similar style. It's called Butterfly Wings. Probably not going to find that outside of the Bay Area. So the two that I put on the list on purpose that you can get, I think, nationwide, uh, there's a fresh-squeezed IPA from Deschutes Brewery in Bend, Oregon. They make other beers that are better. That one's just a really good, hey, I'm at a place that doesn't have a lot of fancy craft beer. What should I drink? It's that kind of thing. And if you don't like hoppy stuff, the left-hand milk stout, I prefer the the nitro, the all-black label, but the purple one with the cows on it's fine, too. It's the regular left-hand milk stout. That's the other one, and it's just it's good. It's it's, it's for a darker beer, it's still pretty light, and I think you'd find that it pairs really well with uh, all of your carbs on Thanksgiving. All right. This is all at rotowire.com. Uh, Derek worked hard on it, and it's really good stuff, and I can't wait to try the uh, blackberry sour cream pie. I'm going to track it down somehow. Maybe get it shipped here one of these days, so I'll let you know. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll ask today. I have to pick mine up today. I, I will ask. I'll say, if I ship this to Charlotte, yeah. will it... Will it Will it be in one edible piece, or will it be a total disaster? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get the load on. This is at least the right time of year to ship a pie, because it's cold right. most of the way there. All right. Let's get to football. Um, check us out on Twitter first. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at jhelpin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Get player updates at Rotowire NFL, or find us on Facebook. And on Twitter, related to Twitter, I would suspect, we won't tell anybody this outside of the podcast, but I would suspect that we would answer questions Thanksgiving morning if you were really nice about it. And perhaps even if anyone said, you know, what are you on the phone for? It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's what I would get a little of, but <laughs> like it's, it's work. So anyway, ask us questions if you got them. All right. Bye weeks, week 12, Chiefs, Rams, spies, Thanksgiving day games, bears, lions. All right. So this is become a very interesting situation. Uh, Dan Weeder from, the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Bears beat writer, wrote this on Tuesday night. Quote, The Bears will have a walkthrough Wednesday before their flight to Detroit. As of right now, plenty of signs are pointing toward a Chase Daniel start on Thanksgiving Day. End quote. Now, you might know the resolution to this by the time you listen to this podcast because we're recording a little before 10 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday morning. What the heck do you do if, if Mitch Trubisky doesn't play? What do we do with all the Bears? I think you got to downgrade a lot of them. I mean, part of the the issue with the Bears offense is they spread the ball around really effectively. I think you'd be more interested in both of the running backs and maybe bump up Trey Burton a little bit. But you probably knock down Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Uh, you'd probably knock down Taylor Gabriel on the outside as well. And you'd kind of expect more of a, a ground-heavy, short and intermediate passing game. I mean, Matt Nagy proving himself to be one of the better head coaches, one of the better offensive minds in the league. And I wouldn't just write off the possibility that Daniel plays well and they still go in and win. It's interesting, though, John, that based on what we know right now or what Vegas knows right now, the lines only moved a point. It was Bears minus four and the over under was 45 yesterday. Now it's Bears minus three and the over under has fallen to 44. So I don't know if that means they know something or if that's just action has pushed things that way uh, or if it's just a combination of those two things. But I have I have a hard time believing that Mitchell Trubisky is only worth one point on, yeah. the, on the line right now. That doesn't seem quite right. Uh, I think I agree. Um, is, is there anyone in particular? I mean, we, we sort of fading Allen Robinson anyway because he was going to get slay and that's a tough matchup. And, and it's not like Allen Robinson's been some superstar to begin with. 
he crushed though uh, against the Lions. They played him two weeks ago, and this is my annual rant against the NFL schedule. Why would you have two teams yeah. play each other in the span of three weeks? I just I'd never know, especially if Sunday, Sunday, Thursday. Like, okay, cool. Like, try, why don't you just play in back to back weeks? Since you're gonna <laughs> just stay in the same place and play. Just, yeah, just field. stay all week. Out of the way. Just <laughs> share a facility for the week. He went six for one thirty three and, and two touchdowns. That was his first game back after a two game absence back in week ten. Um, so I'm not really worried about Slay so much. I looked a little more at, at the location of, of where Allen Robinson lines up. He moves around quite a bit, too. So I think that makes it harder for any corner to just shadow somebody when players are outside, they're in the slot, they're on the left or on the right. Um, so I, I look at Robinson as a guy that moves around enough where I'm not totally worried about Slay. I mean, a two touchdown game is tough to, to bank on a second time. I wouldn't expect that. Um, but the sneaky guy that I, I think, if Trubisky plays... I like Anthony Miller quite a bit this week. I like that his snaps have been going up. It seems like he's gradually kind of overtaking Taylor Gabriel as the number two receiver in this offense. Mm-hmm. He's, he's certainly more of a downfield uh, threat than Taylor Gabriel. So it's a the problem with Taylor Gabriel is you, you PPR. He sounds nice, but the odds of him getting a touchdown are not great. It's just kind of all or nothing with the long plays. Yeah. All right. On the other side of this one, uh, Marvin Jones did not practice Monday, Tuesday. Kerryon Johnson out. With Kerryon Johnson out, are you go Blunt, Riddick, or neither? I would prefer Riddick because their receiving core is so banged up that Riddick's going to get plenty of work, especially if you're getting a half or a full point for every catch. Blunt's just all about the TDs. I mean, the Bears' defense is, is tough up front. Yardage is going to be hard to come by. I think this turns into a game where Stafford has to throw more than he's been throwing in recent weeks, and that does not favor LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, if the Bears get up early, that doesn't favor LeGarrette Blount early or easy either because he's really not on the field in passing situations very much. So pretty lukewarm on LeGarrette Blount from a season-long perspective. Uh, I think he's a little sneaky, though, for your Thursday-only DFS contest because he's very cheap and nobody yep. seems to like him at all. And if they get a, t- if they get a rushing touchdown, he's it. Right. So. I, I would say if, if, they, yeah, if they score a rushing touchdown, it's like a 90% chance that it's Blunt. Right. Um, theoretic last three weeks, which I think three games since Golden Tate's been gone, uh, seven for 36, six for 60, five for 30. That's, that's theoretic in a nutshell right there. Low, low ceiling PPR. Okay. Redskins, Cowboys, uh, Colt McCoy starts for the skins. They're still banged up. I mean, Chris Thompson's still not practicing. Jamison Crowder still not practicing. Trent Williams might be back their left tackle, which is a, which is a big help for them, but this this has low scoring game written all over it, and I was gonna. I don't want to say blowout. I, the spread was seven and a half last I checked, and I I think that's a little much, even with the backup quarterback playing. Cole McCoy has been with Washington for four years. He's played in nine games. He started four of them during that span, so it's not a ton of opportunities. But it's but got a YPA way back, over though. eight. It was a while ago. He hasn't started a game since 2014. Right. I mean, he's he played. He's played off the bench four times in the last four years so he's dealing with a a supporting cast is probably as bad as any group of players he's played with in washington yeah. offensive line injuries are a little bit of a factor you can do a lot worse for a backup quarterback i mean it, if daniel starts for the bears and mccoy is going for washington who do you actually like more if you're playing a thanksgiving day slate or if you're in a two quarterback league or something where this actually you know is an issue who do i like more who or who Sorry. Between McCoy and Chase Daniel. Like who who would you who are you more comfortable with between those two guys if they're if, if Daniel's starting? I think it's Chase Daniel. 
because his weapons are better. And I, I, I said to Jake yesterday about McCoy that the, the, I think we all, a lot of us had the same reaction that he's not the worst backup around because we've seen him play reasonably well at times. But we kind of haven't seen it for a few years, and I, I think it makes him more of a wild card than, than we originally thought, you know, like I, I don't, I, I, and the comparison I used yesterday was Derek Anderson. There was a time when Derek Anderson, you know, living here in Charlotte, you look and you help them win a couple of games during the playoff season. You go, wow, as backups go, he's pretty top tier. And then this year you, he signed with the bills. You went, Oh, Hey, it's Derek Anderson. And he stunk. You're like, Oh yeah, right. That was four or five years ago that he was a good backup. And I don't know if Colt McCoy is going to suffer from the same thing. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's reason to question that. I mean, I, I think there's, there's definitely concerns about how long it's been since he's had to play a lot, and the Dallas pass rush is good too. So yep. like when you when you look at that matchup and you think about Washington's offensive line maybe missing at least one starter, we'll see how that all comes down after today's practice. The setup is not as good as it has been in the past for Colt McCoy. I, I think I think you'll be okay. Like if you want if you want to make a punt lineup with McCoy on the Thursday slate. It can work. I, I don't think he's going to be so bad that he's going to crater you. You're going to open up cash for something else. But I would, like you, I prefer Daniel to McCoy if mm-hmm. you're choosing between those two. All right. By, by the way, in this game, the Cowboy defensive line, David Irving, will be most likely out again. Taco Charlton was limited Monday, Tuesday, so he might be back. Um, mm-hmm. And you still got no Sean Lee. But since you have the greatest linebacker ever, Leighton Van Der Esch, Cowboy fans don't seem to be worried about that. So... Um, all right. Yeah, this is just not a good fantasy game, generally. Do you want to start Adrian Peterson? No, no I mean, I never do, but is a, is a seven and a half point dog line enough to make you really worried about him falling out of the game plan? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of a, you, you probably, you probably don't have two better options at running back, I guess. That's all. It's not great, but, you know. I mean, down below him, depending on what your roster looks like, I, I don't know. You know who I'd rather start than Adrian Peterson? And we'll get to him later, Josh Adams. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. I, had, I hadn't really thought about those two tossed up against right. each other. Like, I'm, th- I'm thinking if you, a guy who you grabbed somewhere who could potentially replace Adrian Peterson. You know, like if you have two top 24 running backs and then some random guy at the bottom of your bench. Like, like, would you start, if you grabbed Gus Edwards this week, would you start him over Adrian Peterson? I would. I, I think the matchup against the Raiders, the Ravens being double-digit favorites in that spot, those are those are enough to put Edwards ahead of Peterson, but it's close. Okay. All right. Um, do you know the other guy in this game that I like with the situation? Uh, you know, the Redskins, you talked about the weapons. Jordan Reed. Yeah, he's, I think he's going to get a, a ton of targets. Yep, he did last week. And I don't know how many were with Smith and how many were with McCoy. So, um, you know, I'm not speaking that I know exactly. Hey, McCoy threw to him 80,000 times in a quarter. But, okay. Uh, Falcon Saints, the night game. Uh, Deion Jones, so I've been saying this for three weeks. Deion Jones hopes to be back for the Falcons. I don't know that it matters. Uh, the, the Saints, the over-under 60. The Saints implied point total is 36 and a half. I mean, just everybody. You know, everybody's ranked top of the line, right? You know, the one, the one that surprised me, I've been looking at other people's rankings, and I haven't looked at Jeff's yet on this. Um, Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith last week finally had that big game, right? Before that, we know the guy's talented. We know they like him because they drafted him high. But he finally had a big game. And now everybody is, you know, hey, let's rank him, you know, 20th. I'm like, what? 
What do you mean? And he, and he's hurt. He, he was limited in practice early in the week with the footage. But, but is, is it weird that I felt like all of a sudden everybody switch flipped on Traquan Smith and I think it's a little too rash. I like the player. I like the situation, but I would agree with you where it's like the level of confidence in him coming off that monster game against the Eagles is probably higher than it should be. It just feels like it's heavily steeped in, in recency bias because the target volume in the three games before that went six, four, three, and zero. Right. And that's, that's, that's the same number of targets in the previous four games that he had last week. Mm-hmm. So sure. Could he get, Eight plus every game the rest of the way? Yeah, it's possible. Is the schedule favorable the rest of the way? Generally, yes, it is. Is he a top 20 receiver in a week where only two teams are on by? I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Right. All right. On the other side of this one, I want to sound alarm bells on one player. The Saints, over the last six weeks, the Saints have given up the least fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. That partially is a function of them crushing people and people aren't running the ball against them. Literally they've, they've allowed, I think they've given teams have rushed the ball 69 times against them in the last five games. So that's basically, Hey, we're down by 20. Let's throw. But if we think that's going to be the case again, Tevin Coleman, not great, right? Not great. Um, kind of a contrarian DFS play season long. You're probably stuck with him. I mean, Coleman. Okay. Let's use the Adrian Peterson toss up again if you had Tevin Coleman and Adrian Peterson and you had to play one of those two, who were you more comfortable with? I have actually have Adrian Peterson ranked higher. Okay. Slightly. Well, you can tell me I'm I mean, wrong. No, I, well, Peterson gets tons of work. I mean, Coleman right. shares a little bit with Edo Smith mm-hmm. and hasn't, I mean, he had that one big game. Was that two weeks ago now? It was the Arizona. Whatever week I was in Arizona, that was the week Tevin Coleman showed up. The Washington game, yes. Yeah, he went crazy in that spot, and he's just kind of been okay otherwise. I mean, he was he was getting pretty good per carry numbers last week against the Cowboys, but they didn't didn't get to run that much because they were playing from behind. Right. Um, the, the edge goes to Peterson because of the of the touches just being a little more stable, but it, it, it's close. The Rotowire weekly projections have Peterson at RB21 and Coleman at RB22. Yeah, okay. So, so that, that, was, that wasn't a terrible toss-up to just pull out of my there you go. behind. Nice job. All right, but that game, yeah, start all your Saints. Just Well, but not all. Maybe not Trick. Like I said, I'm, I'm not in on Trick 1 Smith. So um, we'll see. Jags, Bills. Let's go to Sunday. Josh Allen's back. That's interesting. I don't know if it's great, but it's interesting. It makes them a little more dangerous. I mean, yep. I, 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 quite a bit more dangerous, relatively speaking. But on the full like dangerous scale, not that much more dangerous. No. 37.5 is the over-under here. So there's not good. See, I, I think, let me look at the projections again. I think the Bills, last week I was in on the Jags. I thought the Jags were going to win outright, and they should have. But after that game... I just wonder if the wind is completely out of their sails, you know, that that was that was basically their season saving win. And they had it in the palm of their hand and it looked great for a while and they just blew it. And now if you're them, like what, you know, it must have been a demoralizing week for them. And and the Bills, the Bills are just as untalented as they are. 
pests. You know, that week, they, that game they played the Patriots was a close game. Their defense gave them fits. And I think they're going to give, I think the Bills are going to win. And because of that, I think LaShawn McCoy is a decent play. I think Sean McDermott's a good coach. He's yep. dealing with very, very suboptimal personnel. Like that's, that's going to be kind of an interesting thing to see if, as they continue their rebuild, how patient are they with him? I think it'd be a mistake to, to make a change there. I think it's just giving him an actual NFL roster and the bills, I believe are loaded with draft picks coming up here in 2019. Still, if you had to compare the bills to a character from the office, the bills are Toby Flenderson, right? <laughs> Not overwhelmingly talented, pesky, occasionally effective, really just a thorn in the side of us yeah. viewing Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. To- we're, all, we're all Michael Scott when we're watching football. We're just emotional idiots watching yes. the game. Toby's such a sympathetic character, too. He really is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Because Michael just kills him all the time. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy even has just like the saddest hairline pattern, too. Like, <laughs> it just makes it so much worse. Um, all right, so Leonard Fournette is going to get the ball 20 20- Six twenty-seven times again. So, so he's a he's a top ten starter. How effective he'll be, I don't know. I think he might run for fifty-five yards, but you have to play him, obviously. So that's not. Oh, I, think, I think he's going to go for like one hundred and fifty-five yards. I think Fournette's going to eat this week. Really? Yeah, I think he's going to crush. Okay. Why? I, I, I like Leonard Fournette a lot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I mean, I, I back-to-back games with over twenty fantasy points on yeah. on DraftKings. Like he's. He's getting a lot of volume. He's affordable. Everybody's down on him right now, but they're going to keep running him out there. The Bills are, you know, not nothing special against the run. Game script should be pretty favorable. I I love Fournette this week. Okay. All right. I mean, I have him as a top 10 back. I just think the Bills are going to like I said, I just think the Bills are going to give them trouble. They have given up. They have been weak against the run lately. I agree. And even even if that happens, though, even if the Bills play well and, and win the game, I don't think they're going to win convincingly to the point where Fournette's usage is impacted at all. Okay. Also, don't play any non-running back in this game unless all your other other receivers are on the Rams and the Chiefs. Yeah, that's that's a good breakdown. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing to like a tight end to wide receiver. Nothing. Please do not chase any of these Jaguars. If you were even thinking about chasing any of these Jaguars wide receivers anymore, don't. All right, Raiders Ravens. All right, you ready for this? I'm ready. I have my weekly rankings in front of me. QB five is one Lamar Jackson. Thoughts? Hmm. <laughs> How many carries are you projecting him for? Oh, probably 15. Yeah, 15 for like 75 yards or 80 yards. Right. Yeah, he didn't even score a touchdown last week. I mean, that's the crazy thing. And he still had a pretty decent fantasy day. Almost got up to 20 points on, on DraftKings because he played like a high-volume running back who also threw 19 passes. Like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I love he him. Should, he should crush against Oakland. I, I brought this up, I think, when we were talking about Flacco's injury before we knew if Jackson was going to start last week. Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. He can not only can he produce in those matchups, the Ravens can win those matchups. And if they're if they're still winning, I don't think they have to go back to Flacco. Right. They, they could, they will, they they might, but I don't think they necessarily have to if Jackson plays well and is showing them some things that 
uh, or what they're looking for as far as signs of growth in his development as a passer. Yep. So I'm not crazy putting him that high. You wouldn't, I bet. I, don't, I mean, but the, here's the thing. If, if, I, if I'd put him at nine and you put him at five, we're both still starting him. Yeah, we are. So, yeah, I, I have him. You know, actually, I have it interesting, too, because I have one team. I picked him up last week on two teams. I'm pretty excited. Actually, one game I literally lost because I started Fitz over him. And I would have won. But Lamar Jackson or Jameis? <sighs> if you're in a league that penalizes turnovers... <laughs> I actually like Jackson better because he, he won't have as many chances to throw interceptions. It's close, though. It's close. All right. The um, Bucks generate a ton of yards. Like, I, I'm, I'm as anti-Jameis as anybody, but the situation is still good. Oh, He's it's still awesome. in a position to put up a lot of points, even with O.J. Howard's injury. Right. He's going to throw 40 times at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in for, for late-season Jameis. But all in. Here's, here's the awesome thing about the Raiders. The quarterback rating against their uh, their defensive players who cover pass catchers, they have two out of a possible twelve with a QB rating against under eighty. So ten. Ten of their twelve guys who cover pass catchers allow an eighty quarterback rating or more. Yeah. And six of those guys are over a hundred. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it, Jackson should be able to move the ball through the air against the Raiders a little bit. I mean, I want, I want one touchdown running, one passing. I don't think that's asking a lot. I want him to just go full smash this week and, and get people like all worked up. I hope so. I think that would be great. And he's still, last week, I want to see what his Yahoo ownership percentage is this morning because yesterday it was less than 20. Oh, man, I would have guessed about 35. Me I mean, I guess. Last we're, week, not people, we're not accounting for the, the, the rate of abandonment in public leagues, though. Like That does significantly impact ownership rates this late in the year. I think what happened with him last week was people... He's 31% owned on Yahoo as of this morning. I mean, let's get on it, everybody. You know, he, he could be a league winner right here. And I think what happened last week is people... Because when the, when the pickups were made Tuesday night, usually... He wasn't. It wasn't clear that he was going to start. Yeah, even into the weekend, they right. were they were pretty cagey about it. But you, geez, you got it. I mean, if he's on your wire, you got to just grab him. Just grab him and figure it out later. Right, at this point, it's block is block somebody else. I mean, there's the bye yeah. weeks. There's two teams on bye this week, and then bye weeks are over. So you you can you can afford to play a little defense with some of your bench spots. Yep. All right. Um, the other one this week, Gus Edwards. What are you expecting? Are we? Are you convinced after one game? I picked him up in the. Athlon, uh, like my last eight bucks, I, I kind of felt like Happy Gilmore paying the the guy that was cleaning his window. Like, oh, here's here's my last dollar. Like, thanks. Like, like I just did it because I needed running back help, and I thought it it's not totally out of the realm that the Ravens just didn't have anything invested in Alex Collins, and just like the mm-hmm. guy before Alex Collins, they they'll just replace him and they'll just use Edwards in that role and. I don't know. Like, I mean, Edwards was convincingly good last yes. week. It was it was surprising, but uh, I I don't really see I don't really see any reason to believe that it can't at least be a timeshare, if not even just a, a split that favors that favors Gus Collins or just Gus uh, Gus Edwards this it's week. Gus Johnson would be fun. Um, yeah. Actually, what what? So we've got him in the thir- The projections in Jeff's rankings have him around thirty. I have him. I think twenty two. 23 
But yeah, twenty the, the low to mid twenties seems about right. What what I what I, I said this in uh, probably this is the third time this week I've said it here that the thing I liked most was after the game when that Harbaugh didn't just say he liked him, he talked about north south running and decisiveness, and that's just right away I went sold. That coach when coaches say that it it means a lot. So. I hope so. I I, I need it. I, I did, if if he ends up being the guy, if he's getting fifteen plus carries every game the rest of the way and doing something good with him again, the schedule just like it's good for Jackson is is good for Gus Edwards down the stretch. Like this this could also be a a late waiver wire pickup that does make a big difference. Gus Edwards now forty seven percent Yahoo ownership for your reference, everybody. Okay, um, and the other side of this game. So um, actually, last week of note, the Ravens receivers. Only Willie Sneed and Nick Boyle saw any real action. I mean, I think Crabtree got three targets and John Brown got one. So stay away. From, until further notice, you kind of have to stay away from these guys. If you want to play Sneed to PPR, you can. But otherwise, the receivers. I mean, if you, if you were riding John Brown for a while, this ain't the week to get back on that train. It's really frustrating, though, because with the Raiders, Falcons, Chiefs, and Bucks coming up, those are all great matchups for receivers too. Yeah. Like that should be a good run for some of those guys. Um, but last week, speaking of Nick Boyle was on the field for fifty three snaps, went four for thirty six on four targets. So yeah, he, he had a twenty two percent target share on, on the nineteen passes that Jackson threw. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're scrambling at tight end, which we all are all the time, there you go. There's one to look at. Okay. Um, and on the Raiders side, we're just ignoring everybody, right? Yeah, delete. Delete. Thank you. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. 49ers, Bucks. We talked about Jameis. Um, big news for the Bucks. O.J. Howard on injured reserve. That's a bummer. Uh, Cameron Brait appears to be in a very sweet spot now. Yeah, Cameron Brait you know, has that rapport with Jameis. I think you're looking at at least five targets per game. Maybe some of the, the, the Howard opportunities get funneled to a guy like Chris Godwin. We've talked a lot about Deshaun Jackson and and his tendency to become less involved when Jameis is playing. You know, Jameis maybe not looking as much downfield. One reason or another just hasn't really clicked with those two. So I think you you really look at kind of Evans, Brait, and Godwin, two A, two B, I think, between Brait and Godwin as far as the uh, pecking order for targets now in Tampa Bay. This is a team that still like, throw it like 70% of the time. I don't really see that changing anytime soon either, which is what bumps up the floor for Winston and for those secondary options behind Mike Evans. Yep. All right. Um, the other one in this game that I wanted to talk about, I mean, we're not going to talk about every player, as you know, every week if you listen to it. So the if you let's say if you have Goff or, or Mahomes and you know you can't do the Lamar Jackson thing, Nick Mullins has a nice matchup, and we've all—I mean, we've all gushed a lot about his play caller. It's—it's it's not if, if if you're a little desperate, it's not a bad spot for Nick Mullins. 
you could do worse. Um, I, I think the I think the results against the Giants are probably more indicative of what he is mm-hmm. as a player right now than than what happened in that first start against the Raiders. So yeah, you're looking for like a 15, 16 fantasy point performance kind of at the higher end. I don't know, even against Tampa Bay, if you're going to get a lot more than that, even though Tampa Bay might be an easier matchup than uh, than Oakland was even. So you've got that. Things get a little tougher after this week. So it's kind of a, a one and done. I mean, if you were if you're in a deep league and you've been running with Mahomes or Goff every week and you kind of punted on your backup quarterback a few weeks ago, you know, maybe Mullins is your your one week bye week replacement. You could. Yeah, you, you could probably do a little worse. Okay. Next up, Giants Eagles. Uh, I want to read a uh, tweet from our friend Jake Seeley from The Athletic. Um, since the Giants traded Damon Harrison, fantastic run stopping defensive tackle, as you know, agent, they played three games. Adrian Peterson, 26 for a buck 49 with a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Matt Breida, 17 for 101 with a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Peyton Barber, 18 for 106 with a rushing touchdown. Josh Adams, come on down. He's, he yeah. carried the ball seven times last week, but they fell behind quickly. Doug Peterson said that he was going to see the ball more. I think this week he sees the ball more. I think he's in a really nice spot. Yeah, so far, Josh Adams has been pretty good after contact this season, so I like that about him. I think that gives him maybe a leg up to get up to 14, 15 carries this week. If they have a lead, maybe he can get more. Uh, I mean, not having snacks out there is a, a big blow to that Giants run defense, as, as Jake tweeted out. So setup's really favorable. Adams' ownership rate might be still reasonable enough where in some 10 and 12 team leagues out there, you might be able to scoop them up. Let me see what we got. Josh Adams. Yahoo, 42%. You are correct. Yeah, I mean, like in like deeper, ultra-competitive leagues, sure. Maybe he's owned there, but plenty of leagues where you can go get him. I mean, they, they basically were had decided that they were burying Smallwood, which they did last week. I think Smallwood was on the field for, you know, I don't know how many snaps, but it was less than 10. And then, uh, I mean, they used Clement a little bit later, but uh, Adam seems to be the, the lead guy. They're favored by six. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a good setup. Right there. Like, he's one of those guys who, if you own him, he's probably on your fence a lot of times. You're probably looking at him as a guy who's on your fence. I think you get him off the fence and into the lineup in this spot. So, I, I think the Peterson volume, you mentioned Adams versus Peterson earlier. The Peterson volume might keep me on Peterson Maybe. over Josh Adams, but that is a, it's a, it's a legitimate toss-up to think about. Okay, there's another thing in this game. I do not want you to look at your screen right now. How many snaps did Eric did Evan Engram play last week? 22. 17. So I, I, last week I was pushing him because I thought now that he was getting healthy and he caught four for 46 against San Francisco that, you know, hey, now, now he's back in the mix and he's a third really nice weapon that they have. I read a story in Newsday that basically said that he was off the field and Shermer said it was something about trying to keep him fresh for later in the game, which, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. But the other thing was that they were keeping two tight ends in the block to max because the line stinks. People have been talking about how their line's been better, yeah, because they're keeping more tight ends in the block. And Evan Ingram doesn't do that. Right. So you got you know two other tight ends in the block, and Evan Ingram's watching from the sideline, which, if you're a fantasy owner, 
never mind the real life football ramifications, which makes me want to bash my head against the wall. But Evan Ingram, this is, I, 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 I was so excited a week or two ago, and now I'm kind of not, even though he had a huge play against the Bucks. I think he's a trade candidate in the offseason. Mm. <sighs> really? Yeah, I do. I'm not trying this. to ruin your, your day or anything. I just, if, if you can't fix those offensive line issues, maybe they'll fix that and be comfortable with him out there. Then he's effectively like the third receiver. But if you can't fix the offensive line issues, then you can't really justify keeping a guy like that. I know. You're right. Imagine, imagine looking at the NFL landscape and thinking that you have to figure out ways to beat teams like the Rams, Saints, and Chiefs. And that trading Evan Engram and playing blocking tight ends is the way to do it. Could you imagine oh, yeah. that? Like what you know, the you know some team like be? the Patriots, like some smart team's gonna trade for him. Oh my god, he'll be awesome. He'll yeah, be he's gonna it, he's gonna be he's gonna be great somewhere else where it, the he just plays every snap and they create mismatches for him. Could you imagine if someone like the Rams traded for him? Oh yeah. And any any of the fun offenses. Yeah. There's there's great. there's a ton of places he'd be a good fit. If if he gets traded to a smart offensive team, he's I'm going to have him as probably my th- second or third tight end next year. I mean, at least you'll feel better about the situation of your team not being able to keep him if you have him in fantasy and he goes crazy all yeah. the time. Anyway, so uh, so are we saying try to avoid Evan Ingram this week? Yeah, I mean, you just got to temper your expectations. That's a I mean, Philly can get some pressure. I I yeah I I'm not crazy about Ingram. I think. I'm giving up the dream on him being a top five tight end this season. Mm. Um, the Rotowire projections have him at QB 12. I know I have him at 14, so not great. Um, all right, Browns, Bengals. So the big, the big thing we got to wait for Wednesday is the first day of the practice week for the teams playing on Sunday. We got to wait for our AJ Green news, I guess, which changes the whole game there, doesn't it? It would breathe some life into the Bengals offense, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're bad without him. They're really bad. Poor Tyler Boyd. Like this, this that that changes a lot for Tyler Boyd. You know what? You know what office character the Bengals are? <laughs> Creed. <laughs> okay, why? Well, they're horrible. Like they, what do they do? I, I, you're right. They don't do anything well enough on defense, and when AJ Green's there, they don't do anything well on offense. Yeah, it's it's a terrible franchise. You don't you don't want Creed working for you, and you don't want to be a Bengals fan. Remember, we thought they were coming away from being a terrible franchise five or six years ago. Yeah, that was man, that was a moment where we were all just delusional. Oh, man, all right, is this so? If we look at the uh, points against for fantasy purposes, literally over the last six weeks, the two worst teams per game against running backs have been the Browns and the Bengals. So should be I mean, fun. We're all in. I mean, if you own Chubb and Mixon, you're starting them. Who, which one do you think? Like, if one of them was just going to smash, who would it be? I would say it's going to be Nick Chubb. Okay. Um, both both can or should, and you almost wonder if the pass catching backs can also feast in this game. Both teams have allowed more than 500 receiving yards to opposing running backs this season. Mm-hmm. So you know, Duke and, and Gio Bernard are, are sneaky, I think, in, in full PPR at least. Gio kind of, he, he did a little more last week. Like, there's signs of life there. Wasn't great, but it was okay. So Yeah, he's a good player. I know. I love I, him. I, I mean, he's just a really good player. It's another guy where it's like you look at him and you say, 
what's going to happen when a smarter team has Gio Bernard? I know. Right. They, 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 had, they did use him a decent amount when they had Jeremy Hill. But now they're just not much anymore. Um, all right, Browns. I mean, the, the, the thing that the most, the weirdest thing about them, I mean, the Bengals defense has just been bad all around, right? So you basically, it's not like you say, oh, if, you're, if you have a Brown, you want to target this position because the Bengals are just kind of bad all over the place, right? But, um, I mean, Jarvis Landry, what do you, I mean, what do you do with that guy? He doesn't do anything for you from a fantasy standpoint. He gets tons of targets and it makes you say, well, I can't sit. I mean, but he throws the ball to him all the time, but just nothing happens with Jarvis Landry. Nothing. It's really bizarre that a player, I mean, he's been doing this for most of his career. The, the 2016 season when he had the 8.7 yards per target, that's an outlier, right? It, the, the other four years we've seen Jarvis Landry in the NFL, He's been at 6.8, 7.0, 6.1, and 5.7 yards per target. That's what, like Danny Amendola numbers, but you're just giving him 150 or 160 targets for some reason? Right. That's not cool. Like, I, I, I still don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy because I have no stake in, like, I, I, get, I get no reward if I'm right about this. But is it, is it improper use? The Dolphin situation he was in for most of his career was bad. Mm-hmm. Is it still improper use? Because even with Baker Mayfield, I thought, I thought the efficiency was going to go up. The targets had been there. Right. But the production has been terrible. For, for the number of, of targets he gets, he should do a lot more. Right. Is he, is he running too many short intermediate routes when he could actually get downfield? Is that part of the problem? The, I'm looking at, I mean, numbers. Depth of target air, for him, like how is, is he low air, on depth of air yards are good. Depth of target, he's average nine point nine. He's in the middle. You know, I will say that before the week ten they played Atlanta, and he didn't do much. The, the three weeks before that, he caught twenty four passes. I mean, all you know, low averages and things. In yeah. Tampa, he had a good game, but everybody has a good game against Tampa. Right. I mean, it, it's a lot of like twelve to fourteen point full PPR games, which when you're getting double digit targets. Almost every week, that's not enough. Right. I don't know. Um, it, is, it is strange, though. You're right. Like, the air yards per snap and average depth of target being where they are, the problem comes down to the catch rate. The catch rate is either low because the throws in his direction aren't good or because he's dropping a lot of passes, which is he's dropping some, but not an extraordinary amount. And he hasn't been getting much after the catch, so I don't know if that's an attention thing where – defenses don't really respect the other pass catchers on the field. So, you know, you get Landry the ball all the time, but there's always help. So he's not doing a lot once he gets the ball in his hands. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to troubleshoot it. Cause I thought, I thought he could be a lot better yeah. with Todd Haley as his offensive coordinator. Yep. All right. Next up, Pat Jets. By the way, everybody, we are, uh, we have seven games left. We're at 48 minutes. So we're going to pick up the pace a little bit. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, it was all, the, it was all the pies and beers that, that really did this. Pat's Jets. Gronk's back. Are you excited from a fantasy standpoint? Like, are we, you know, I mean, he's Gronk and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? I'm excited, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm still underwhelmed by the lack of red zone targets for him this season. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there a more surprising stat for you than the lack of opportunities 
for Rob Gronkowski in the red zone this season. It's, he has it's pretty two alarming. targets inside yeah. the red zone. It's incredible. I agree. And I don't know what I mean. The, the, the thing is, though, it's an interesting thing to talk about from a fantasy standpoint for owners. We, we use I, I, we use the word Tim and I, use, you know, we're using the phrase I was actionable intelligence on Monday. Like, what are you telling fantasy owners? Of course, you're starting him, right? So good luck. Um, yeah, you're definitely starting him. I mean, not, and, and not even because you invested a lot in him, but because you still believe that the offense is good enough and they could start clicking with him again at, at an elite level or close to it. And just like we said with Landry, you look at some of the, the underlying numbers, the air yards per game, per snap, uh, average depth of target. They're all really good. They're elite for tight ends. Right. So it just, if you start giving him a few red zone targets, t- sprinkle in two or three touchdowns in his game log this season, mm-hmm. and the season looks totally different. All right. Yep. It, he's getting over 10 yards per target. Right. For the third year in a row. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's still good. He's still good. All right. Um, Sam Darnold status TBD. So Josh McCown is likely starter. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some quick news and notes for the rest of the games, and we'll cover the. We're going to get in-depth previews from the final seven games in this list on Friday's podcast. Sound good, Derek? That seems appropriate. It was his idea, really. So we were. He was text, you know, messaging me. So I'm not going to take credit for it. All right, um, Seahawks Panthers. Carryon Johnson. Uh, sorry, Carryon Johnson ran all over the Panthers last week. It's an interesting note. Seahawks top running attack in the league. Panthers have been getting gashed on the ground. Do not be shy about your uh, your Chris Carson this week. Dolphins coach Ryan Tannehill back. Woo. No? I'm not excited. No, no one's excited about that. Um, the Colts are... Andrew Luck, by the way. Quick stat. He's still not throwing a ton. The volume is not enormous, right? But Andrew Luck has thrown three or more touchdowns in seven consecutive games. 4-3-4-4-3-3-3. That's good. This is just Frank Reich. God bless him. Yeah, Frank Reich. Oh man, another another head coach has gone to a team that isn't my team. Yeah, that I, I think. Oh, I that that might have been a good fit. Yep. Nope, not for you. Nope, not gonna happen. After the season, you'll be fine. You're you're gonna get what you want. McDaniel's. Are you you're gonna get not Mike McCarthy? That's what I meant. That was as far as I was going. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Cardinals, Chargers. Chargers, a big favorite. Melvin Gordon is at the top of many running back lists, including our projections. Is he? Hold on. Yes. Number one at running back. Uh, still no Williamses for me. We'll talk more about that on Friday. Uh, Christian Kirk. Any interest in Christian Kirk? Could you start Christian Kirk in, in, in many situations this week? Yeah, yeah. You can do it in some. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like, like the player. Um, the, the, here's my hesitation. Targets still yeah. pretty low. Last four games, six, seven, six, four. Like that's that they're they're not a team that wants to throw it a lot. And what I'm also kind of curious about is matchup wise going up against the Chargers. How do they how do they find ways to get him open? If he's playing on the outside, he's probably going to see a lot of Casey Hayward. All right, um, Steelers Broncos in Denver. Uh, the over under suggests not a shootout. The Steelers have been. Um, They've been scoring a ton. On the road, the scoring has been kind of okay. But the Big Ben, in past years, there have been concerns about Big Ben on the road. Just so everybody knows, so far this season, 
At Cleveland, 335 yards and a touchdown. At Tampa, 353 and three. At Cincinnati, 369 and one. At Baltimore, 270 and two. At Jacksonville, 314 and two. Please don't be afraid of Big Ben on the road. Even though he did throw three picks at Cleveland and at Jacksonville. I mean, the efficiency hasn't been hasn't been awesome, but they throw plenty. So don't worry about Big Ben. Um, Royce Freeman, any interest there? Do you think he'll he'll get an uptick in usage? I think this week is the question I want to ask. Mm, I think good. it's still. Still kind of an even split. Lindsay hasn't really done anything to yield his share of the workload. So I, I I cut him loose in the pentathlon when he was hurt. Didn't get him back. It's a pretty deep bench 12-team league. Very competitive, of course. But I, 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 I'm kind of like sad I don't have him only because I need help at running back. But I don't feel terrible about it. I just look at this situation and think it's going to take a Lindsay injury or complete skills collapse for Freeman to get more than a dozen carries a game. Okay, uh, Packers-Vikings Sunday night. Do you buy into this Jimmy Graham is going to play through a sort of broken thumb thing? Nope. All right. I don't. There you have <laughs> Do you, do you care at all about like a Lance Kendricks type as a, as a pickup for like two tight end leagues, though? Is it not? Is it Lance Kendricks? It could be. It could be Mercedes Lewis. I think Mercedes Lewis is there to block, though. Okay. That's what, that's what I wanted to ask you, because I think there's, there's an argument for one of them as a deep sleeper since tight end's such a wasteland. And that's what I wanted to so, ask. So, uh, Mercedes Lewis has only run route 46% of the time on pass plays when he's been on the field this season. Kendricks runs them 70% of the time. Graham, 91. Robert Tanyan, who's only run seven routes, has run routes 88% of the time. He, of course, scored last Thursday. Yes. Um, I, I think it's Kendricks. Okay. If you're, if you're aiming for a tight end there for very deep leagues. Got it. Finally, Monday night, Titans, Texans. The big news here is Marcus Mariota's elbow injury. It seems to be related to the issues he had earlier in the season. Uh, if he doesn't play, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to pick up Billy Volick or anything like that. Um, Blaine Gabbard, come Blaine on. Gabbard. What, what? Billy Volick? Yeah, man, he had that Monday Night Magic a few years ago with, uh, with Drew Bennett, like 10 years ago now. I Probably was going to say, back, that was a lot of years ago, yeah. Back back before I was writing the Thanksgiving Day <laughs> cheat sheet, even. Uh, I, I, the Titans are just mystery box team. I can't figure them out week to week. They've They've confused me at many turns, and... I guess the clarity is without Marcus Mariota, I I know they'll be bad. So yep. that makes them more predictable. Okay. And uh, on the other side, the Titans have been decent against the run, right? So the Lamar Miller stuff, let me check that to to add detail behind it. Titans actually last six weeks have given up the second least fantasy points against the run. Um, so Lamar Miller, eh. Desha- uh, Hopkins is in a great spot. I mean, you're always playing him, but he's in a great spot. Deshaun Watson has not been... He hasn't been running much. It's weird. Do you think the collapsed lung or whatever he was dealing with a few weeks ago has anything to do with that? So, I, I thought of that, and you might be right, but what if you look at the game they played against Denver right before the bye, he, so he ran six for 38. And then last week at Washington, he ran three times for seven yards. Like how, if, if he's healthy, how is he not running? Like That's part of his deal unless they were spying him and i can't say if they were or not look at the look at the pass attempts the last five games 25 or less every single week i know it's stone age offense but they're winning seven games in a row so who am i to say that they're not doing the right thing i don't know all right getting 8.4 yards per target or per attempt i mean that's that's really good it is really good Okay, folks, so we are going to do 
basically from Pat's Jets on, we are going to get more in-depth about those games on our Friday afternoon podcast. Please check back then. We'd like to. Sorry. Sorry. I let the, this is my fault. I let the discussion ramble. Not even. Just, just putting aside the pies and beers. We, we went. We, I, I didn't manage it well on the other stuff. I didn't well, keep track, Derek, man. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't lock it down. There's also more games this week. You know what? I, yeah. I, 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 we'll, we'll see how this goes this week. Maybe this will be a better format. Maybe splitting up the game previews over yeah. two episodes makes more sense than jamming them all into one. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you find these, these solutions by accident, and they turn out to be good solutions. There you go. Maybe it works. All right. Um, so enjoy Italian Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will. Enjoy your Thanksgiving as well. I just saw... Uh, on my beer Twitter list, some some good like local stuff just dropped at one of the liquor stores. On my way to the pie shop, I will be uh, scooping up a few few nice uh, pint cans. So I'm looking forward to it. Great deal. All right. Um, everybody, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial. Rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now. Rotowire.com slash pod if you like this podcast please leave reviews and ratings wherever you're listening we'd appreciate it and again check out Derek's piece uh, it's on the front page of Rotowire um, if you want to have a fun fantasy game with the people you're having dinner with Thanksgiving with um, it, it's got some really good suggestions it's got rankings it's got ways to set up the game really cool check it out so we encourage fantasy football on Thanksgiving even beyond your season long and DFS stuff thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast as I said we'll be back on Friday afternoon to cover the latest news and injuries and a bunch of those games so please come on back then for Derek Van Riper. I'm John Halpin. Happy Thanksgiving. See you Friday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.